Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Lit Yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Wednesday Q&A. You ask the questions and I answer, and I'm answering them again with my sister from another mister, fellow physical therapist and lit senior teacher, Kristen Williams. So glad to have you back. Yay. Hey, guys. Hey, so we have more shoulder questions from our last episode where we really dissected the whole stop the shift forward because biomechanically that is not putting your shoulder in the best, most optimal position, which we always want to put it in because it is inherently unstable. And we I don't like to use the word unstable. It's mobile. But with that mobility, there is a trade-off. So the first question we have is from Rahanam. Do hunching or rounding the shoulders affect the ribs? Well, I would answer that one because I I would actually ask everyone right now, I don't care what you're doing, if you're driving your car, if you're sitting at work, whatever, go ahead and slouch and round your shoulders and then try to take a deep breath. How big of a breath can you take? And then now that you've done that, sit upright, draw your shoulders back, Lift your chest and take a nice deep breath and feel the difference. It is marked. And this is what I talk about all the time with my patients about mobility of the shoulders and the the ribs and the thoracic spine that need to open, not just for posture, but for our pulmonary function. As we age, we lose mobility in this area and we become more slouched and more forward and our ribs become stiffer and they, it's like a balloon. It's a bellows. They need to be able to move. It's like almost like a, like a bucket handle in, in, you know, in some ways that, that it needs to be able to open. And when you're rounded in the shoulders, you're usually rounded in your back and you cannot expand your ribs in the same way. And so that becomes problematic with aging. When you get pneumonia, it's, it's harder to get better because you can't expel you know, phlegm from your lungs. You can't take deep breaths when you need to. So that's a big heck yes, it matters. 
It really matters. And also, this is why I feel like hunched shoulders always makes you kind of look like low energy or down. And there, it, it is because like you said, you're affecting your breath. You're, that affects your energy. Think about when you get tired during the day. It's not when you're upright and like breathing well. It's when you've been sitting for a while. Like sitting makes you more tired, which is so ironic. I've, you know, but it's because our energy just goes way down and it has all of those physiological effects. Like Kristen's saying, like if you, if you're not breathing well, you're not going to feel very energetic. You, You start to get tired. You're not optimizing your own vitality. And it is really crazy that that is thoracic rotation and extension are the first things we usually see um, people lose with age. And and you don't have to be older, um, any kind of aging process. I had a private client today who I was working with and, you know, she had a shoulder injury, but what I did was thoracic rotation. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so stiff here. Well, I'm not saying that's why her shoulder bothers her, but it's connected. And that that actually is leading into the next question that um, the same person asked is like, how are the ribs, scapula, and shoulder connect, uh, you know, connected? Well, I mean, you've got basically four joints of your shoulder girdle. And one of them is your scapulothoracic joint where your scapula, it's not a true articulation, between like a like an articular cartilage type articulation, but it, it, the, the scapula articulates upon the ribs. So we call that the scapulothoracic joint. It, so that is very closely related. And then obviously with the shoulder, you've got the glenohumeral, your uh, AC, acromioclavicular, and then your sternoclavicular joint. You know, the, the, the three main shoulder joints that we think of that all have to articulate together, which ties, therefore, the ribs, the shoulder, and the scapula. Those are the three areas, right, together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it is interesting. Um, We talked about this a little bit last week, how would people think shoulder, and this is, you know, this isn't busting on everybody. This is just like how little we're taught about our body growing up. We think shoulder, if I I were to take 100 people in a crowd and say, where's your shoulder? They're going to point to their, their humerus, the ball. And that's true. That is part of the shoulder joint though. Rarely somebody's going to actually point to like kind of put their hand on their humerus and across their scapula and across their clavicle and be like, well, it's all right here. It's a shoulder complex. And that complex is connected to your thorax. So all of the the footing of the scapula, the the string, I always talk about the scapula being like a foot for your arm. Obviously, if you're on your hand, your weight bearing on your hand, but the foot that connects you into your core is via that scapula thoracic joint. And it's hugely important how you're aligned in your thorax to get that. And so for instance, this woman that I was working with, and I've seen this, and I know you've seen it a ton in the clinic too. If you are not moving well in your thorax, if you don't have good extension and good rotation, it affects the mobility of your shoulder and then, so if your shoulder isn't moving as well in one area, it'll overcompensate in another. And then there's a whole host of stuff. So she was having a lot of stuff in the glenohumeral joint, the tendons, the ligaments, and the bursa because she was not moving the scapula well because her thorax wasn't moving well. So it's really related. And our lit method addresses all of it because again, we're coming from this, like we've seen stuff, we've seen how people age, we've seen how people have 
created imbalances. And um, this is really meant to be a lifelong practice to, to rectify that. So another question somebody asked is, Annette Slorby, my arms go numb when lifting them to shoulder height. I feel like my shoulders are the issue. That's another one of those that could your shoulders be part of the issue? Yes. The question I would come to ask would be, you know, there's numbness secondary to nerve impingement. There's numbness secondary to circulatory impingement. And right there in your thoracic outlet, which is between your neck and your shoulder, is where all of those major nerve and arterial and venous, this bundle comes right through. So as soon as you lift your arms up, you are impinging or shortening or narrowing that thoracic outlet. So could your shoulder be involved? Yes. Can I say that definitively? No, not have seeing you. And it is interesting that it's bilateral, you know, so that's another. Sounds to me, I bet, I bet if this person, um, yeah, you know, first of all, we can never really tell you or diagnose and without seeing you and working with you. But um, my gut would be, it's this is posture related because if you're lifting your arms up bilaterally, uh, I have a feeling that you're really rounded in the shoulder and 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 hunched back you know, rounded in the back. So you've got more kyphosis, you're already closed off in your chest wall. And then when you bring both arms up, you just get that more restriction there. So work on your posture. I mean, this is where posture matters, people, because if you're not starting off with really better posture and you move something as simple as lifting your arms up overhead, then your body starts to speak to you like it's doing right now. Well, but, that, kind of, yeah. that also marries with that last question about the um, ribs or the funk, you know, that the, when I had you do the rounding and taking a deep breath in the same manner, if you round your back, try to lift your arms, you can only go so high. Yeah. Like you, posture matters. As soon as you come up, then the arms can come up because you aren't hitting that, that, that impingement, that closing down of where all those structures come through from the neck. Yeah, and this next question is going to kind of piggyback off that. Dandelion butterflies, my shoulders sit forward. How do I help them sit back? I mean, this is everybody. You're not alone. Like round that that humeral head um, drifting forward, That this is posture. How do you help it sit back? Well, you've got to do some of these things. Mobilize your thoracic spine. Work on your neutral posture. Um, work on getting the scapula in a more neutral position. What does that mean? Well, you can look that up as well, but essentially your scapula are like our little triangles and they, the long edge of it should be parallel to the spine. And for a lot of people, it's not. It's tipped one way or in another. And we want it to be parallel to the spine and also not too far away from the spine. Because if with the rounded shoulders, the scapula moves along that back curve of the ribs And so your scapula is starting off in a not great position. So you have to think of the whole complex, not just the humeral head. It's reflected there, but how do you get that lifted back to the, to be centered? And that's going to be dependent on your ribs and your scapula. Anything you want to add to that? I just wanted to add how pumped I am for our posture series that's coming out soon because this is going to be 20 days where you can, it's going to be 20 separate, 20 minute, 20 separate, 20 minute 
uh, flow slash you know um, sessions where we talk about everything related to posture. And we are going to be working all of those muscles. We work all the scapular muscles. We work the neck muscles. We work the shoulders. We work the core. We work the pelvis. And you're going to... It's going to open your eyes to how when you, you know, she's asking, how can I change that? A lot of it is, it's a, it's a, it's, it's an intentional change. You have to be mindful. It's a mindfulness and you might not know it until you, you're going to try these 20 classes and be like, oh my gosh, I never thought of that. Like the education you're going to get alone will be worth millions Yeah, because a lot of posture is awareness. And then you're going to see that trickle down effect to, oh my gosh, now my shoulders feel better. Now my neck feels better. Now my back feels better because of posture. Yes, exactly. And getting, you know, again, when I worked with this private client and I can talk about it like this, because literally this is practically everybody I work with to some degree, we not only did some rotation on her ribs, but we, I helped her pelvis. It was super anteriorly tilted. And so the point Kristen's making is everything is connected, but you still like microscope in on like telescope in on some areas because it's really, it's not very helpful to be like, well, everything's connected. So work on getting it all aligned. You have to kind of go in on certain areas, pay attention to them, add that to the repertoire of what you've done. And so we very intentionally layered these 20 classes so that by the end, you have a really, uh, you know, such such a different view, like that's like super intentional, but layered with the education for how you can sit, move, walk through the life with a lot more awareness. And, you know, a lot of this stuff in the shoulders that you guys are asking about comes down to posture. <laughs> it really does. It's your, it's your starting, starting line. So if you're not starting that well, so really, in other words, you will help get them back when you pay attention to all the other things as well. Okay, so someone asked, and it was a really good question, but she said, why is it, a, why, you know, because she actually has gone through my training. <laughs> so Heather Prince, why is raising the arm out to the side not ideal in Sun Sal's, but fine in Warrior and Reverse Warrior, Warrior Variation and Reverse Warrior? So what I want to tell anybody, if you were like, just this is posture right here. If you're standing and you move your arms out to the side and up, Taking all those parts of the shoulders into consideration, there's a lot of that neuromotor firing that is happening. Your scapula is moving. Um, and remember, the scapula comes and meets up. It's the, like Kristen was saying, it is the cup for the humeral head. I mean, it is the socket. So that is moving along with the humerus. And you have a lot more to clear of the roof of the scapula, the acromium, when you go out to the side than when you go forward and up. It's just a, an easier motion for the shoulder joint. And it's just, quite frankly, more functional. Now, if you're in warrior two and you reverse, you're not holding yourself steady. You're laterally flexing, right? So when you laterally flex or side bend, you're not abducting the arm in the same way. You're basically, here it is, your ribs are moving your arm. Yeah, you have some arm movement with it. And some people do get a little catchy in there and they can kind of slice it more at a diagonal to clear the acromion. But it's different because you're moving your ribs. 
You're laterally moving your ribs when you reverse, and then you're laterally moving them in warrior variation. So your arm attachment to the ribs is helping that. You're, it's putting you at an advantage. So it doesn't, you don't have to do that same kind of clearance. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. There's the difference. You're moving the ribs. So yeah. you are not, if you really take a snapshot of yourself in reverse or warrior variation, very rarely are you in 180 degrees of true shoulder abduction. You're not coming through that as much because of the movement of the ribs is moving the scapula, which is moving the socket, which is requiring less of the humerus. Yeah. You basically, when you're moving in the, the top arm is moving in the scapula is already getting a nice little elevation without really even having to do much. So you're already putting it in a position like Kristen's saying, where you don't have to uh, worry about clearing that socket. And this brings up a really good example of why understanding biomechanics is important because a lot of people, again, when they teach yoga, and I'm not saying you have to be a PT, you don't, but what you should know is what is happening in varying angles. So for instance, a lot of people will say, oh, you know, when your arms are up, like you want to keep your scapula neutral, but so if your arms go up overhead to get your scapula neutral, don't you need to pull the scapula down? Like, you know, get your, your scapula away from your ears. And it's like, no, not in that position. So you cannot apply all. This is the thing. You can't learn something and just apply it to all because the scapula is not always going to be in neutral right? It needs to start in neutral from any, probably any movement. It needs to be neutral when you're weight bearing, but when you're weight bearing, like in plank, your shoulder is at 90 degrees. It's not at 180 degrees. When your arm is up overhead, it's above 90 degrees. And to do that health in a healthful biomechanically sound position, you have to let the scapula elevate. It's part of the upward rotation. So again, don't take an idea and apply all. And that's how I think that whole shift forward in Chaturanga came from someone saw that, this is my theory. I think what happened is in the sun salutations, because Ashtanga teaches you put your hands in line with your feet. And and we teach it differently. You put your hands under your shoulders, which is going to be forward because we want the spine to be neutral. And for most people, they would have a hard time. They're going to flex a little or a lot to get their hands in line with their feet. Then you get your hands in line with your feet and you jump back. And I think a majority of the people jumped their feet back and to get in neutral, they had to shift forward a little bit. So they jumped away from their hands. They were too far away. And so they had to shift and they probably shifted to get into neutral. This is my thought because I can't believe anybody actually thought it'd be a good idea to stay shifted forward and jump back like that. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe somebody did. Who knows? <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. I just kind of went on a like, you know, monologue there, Kristen. But you would say like what I was saying about any of that. No, absolutely. I I, I mean, we're right on target. Same same ideas for both. Yeah, I know. Okay. Our last question. Actually, several people asked this, but I'll just name one of them. Ashley. Manly yoga, uh, binding, thoughts on binding. Is there any potential for unnecessary tor- torque on the shoulders that came from another person? I'll let you go with that. Uh, yes, there is. Um, and there, and there's a lot of different binds. So, you know, uh, cow facing or gamakasana arms. I mean, that, that is, that is really hyper, it's hyper mobile. It's, it's, uh, if you can, I can do it, you can do it. 
but do I cue it? No, because most people cannot do it. Um, binding behind the back. I mean, that's a, it's actually a nice bicep stretch when you lift your arms up off the back body and get a stretch, but most people end up going over and, and, and hanging into it. So, you know, from, for me on binds, even when we're coming to warrior variation, half bind, full bind, I've got super long arms. I, I'm like a spider woman. So it's easy for me to do it, but it's not easy. And I'm hypermobile. So um, I don't teach those very much because again, the majority of people can't do it well or safely, or even if you can, should you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It kind of comes down to like, what, what's the purpose? <laughs> I mean, I guess the, like, and this is where I think we look at a lot of our things, cost benefit. Okay. What is the benefit? Okay. It's, you know, opening up your shoulders, stretching out some of the tissue around it. Um, but the cost is again, you're taking a highly mobile joint and you are, you're going to move where you can to get that bind. And so, and it might be like, you're pulling on things. And, and I think a lot of people can't identify pulling on something that is a good thing to pull on versus pulling on something that's not. And in a vulnerable joint, like the shoulder, it's, I think it's better to be a little cautious about not like, again, I can bind really easily. I can't say it feels good or doesn't feel good. I just don't do it anymore because I'm way more into strengthening the shoulder complex. And I know I've got the range of motion. I don't need to go into like these beyond, you know, hyper ranges of motion. Well, and like we've talked about in the past, a lot of people who are hypermobile go into them in order to feel a stretch and a lot of times that stretch you're feeling is actually your brain telling you, dude, don't be here. Go stop now because you're going into your capsule. You're going into your, yeah, totally. Stretching muscles. Or we see a lot of those binds where it's all coming from the low back, you know, like the full bind and a warrior variation. You're just like, oh, if yeah. you're going to do it for Pete's sake, don't do it from your back yeah. or your shoulders. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would think that, you know, I think this is where we in this method have really kind of devalued these high prize type of poses. Of course we do handstands, but handstand is like a prize you have to freaking work for. You're not going to get there because of hyperflexibility. You're not going to get there because you know you are muscling your way there. You're just going to get there because of biomechanics and because of practicing it over and over and over again. So there's a lot of high value in it because you're really working on the strength, the stabilization. Some of these other things like binds and, you know, going deeper, we don't use those terms. It's just, um, there's, there's not an advantage to doing that unless you're, you know, entering a yoga competition and getting paid a lot of money. You know, I don't think there's any value in it. (laughs) Nope. I agree. Yeah. So I think, in summary, over these last two weeks, and we'll talk about shoulders more on other podcasts, but I think it's like, look at the shoulder as a more than just the ball that's at the top of your arm, that it's this entire complex from clavicle. It it comes from the sternum where the clavicle attaches to the sternum over to the humerus. It meets up with the, the socket of the, um, the glenoid fossa of the scapula and comes around into the scapula. And then the scapula's relationship to how it sits on the thorax, the rib cage, is all part of the shoulder complex. So start to think about it in that way and work on the, 
getting all those parts working well together. Be the best machine you can be. Exactly. Be the best machine you can be. Take care of those shoulders. They deserve it. So as always, thank you, Kristen. I love you. Thank you for joining me. And I love you guys pulling for you each and every day. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.